Welcome to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast, where we discuss topics, upcoming events, news, and predictions with real estate professionals and entrepreneurs. Listen and learn what makes their companies and themselves stand out and gain advantages over the competition and gain market share. Subscribe for the latest news and discussion on what it takes to stand out from the crowd. Now, here's your host, Jim. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast. This is Jim. And of course, with me is the office goddess, Laura. Hi, everyone. So today we have a very awesome guest, Ryan Miracle. And we're going to discuss um, VA, FHA loans, get some information about that. Because there's some misco- misconceptions, if I said that correctly, <laughs> some, some misunderstandings about how that works. And my dad was a vet. Yes, your mine, dad was was, a vet. mine was a vet. We donate to Wounded Warriors. I mean, that, that's your favorite charity. I donate always to uh, Vitamin Angels. But anyway, this is important because it's... we want to make sure that vets are not getting screwed over because of a misunderstanding. Not yes. So, but first, let's listen to this. Habitation investigation is the way to go for a home inspection in Ohio. Trusted licensed home inspectors for your needs from radon to mold to warranties. For a great home inspection, you really can't go wrong. Visit home inspections in Ohio.com. Hey, Ryan, thank you for being with us. Hey, hey my pleasure. Thank you guys so much for uh, for bringing me on. Yeah, so how I've known you for several years, see at various places. Where did we first meet? So I think we first got introduced when we started uh, the the CE circuit, um, teaching agents a couple years ago. And this is pre-COVID. So we were still in the trenches in front of uh, people in classrooms. Okay. Yeah. It has been a while. And I think you introduced, introduced us to Eddie and Ryan. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Eddie and okay. Ryan started uh, Next Level CE about five years ago now. And then um, starting to uh, teach back in person, they introduced me to you guys. And um, from there, uh, we've just kind of been playing uh, tag with each other for the last couple of years. Yeah, well, it's, it's always good knowing you. We met in your office also about a year or so, going with some CE stuff. And I'm very impressed how well you knew your numbers. Yeah, that's very unusual. Yeah, most people are just kind of winging it <laughs> on the numbers and things. Uh, but but you you... You knew exactly the numbers. That was very impressive. So well, thank you. Like we mentioned, VA and FHA. And USDA. <clears throat> and USDA. From what we hear from the home inspection side is that those are harder to get accepted, you know, offers with those accepted. And and I think that there may be some myths regarding as to why that is or why it was. Can you give us okay. a little bit of a history on that and yeah, just just kind of explain the difference between that and conventional type loans. Sure. So what we'll do is, I guess we can start at the kind of the base base camp and then work our way up the mountain from there. Um, so you guys are well aware, and your audience might be aware as well. So there's basically four to five different loan types. So there's conventional, which breaks down into Fannie, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. So the easy way to understand that is that's Pepsi and Coke. And then conventional loan would be soda. So if we're talking about conventional loans, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac are the Pepsi and Coke of the mortgage world. Okay. And then uh, you have Jenny Mae, which houses USDA, FHA, and VA. 
So that's kind of the government side of home loans. Um, so within those different subsets, conventional, uh, Fannie, Freddie, and FHA, um, they do have different requirements, which is kind of the beauty of having a diverse portfolio as a lender is you can take a buyer's situation and find the best fit. So it's not just you have to square peg, round hole kind of thing. You can actually tailor the situation to the customer. Good. So so then what's the whole history then? So it's, it's great that they can be customized to help fit everybody's you know, situation or finances or other property or government loans to help out mm-hmm. and the assistance. And like the VA, they don't have to pay PMI. There's a lower interest rate. I'm under the impression that those loans actually get paid off at a higher rate than other loans. Like there's less default on the VA loans. Yeah, very true. Very true. Um, yeah, so VA actually has the highest performance of all loans, period. Because once again, our vets are of high character, high quality. So even though they're not putting any money down, there's no mortgage insurance, uh, there is VA funding fee, which is kind of a pseudo form of mortgage insurance. But um, that being said, they perform much better than any other loan type, um, even though that there is less required from the buyer. Okay. So, so then why, well, why are those get like kind of blown off by uh, sellers and real estate agents? Well, so like you guys, um, you guys have been in the industry for a long time. So this stigma for um, FHA, USDA, and VA being lower quality has only really become prevalent within the last two to five years. And the reason for that is because, okay, so in 2008, um, we came out of the Great Recession and uh, people couldn't give away homes. I was working for a new home builder at the time and we were offering just incredible incentives for realtors and clients and those kind of things. So we couldn't give away homes. So in that fact, anyone who had the desire to want to buy a home and they qualified for the home loan, it didn't matter the loan type. It really didn't because you were just happy to have a buyer for your home. Now, fast forward uh, over a decade later to where we're on the other side of that coin to where it was a buyer's market before, it's a seller's market before. Now the sellers are in the driver's seat and buyers are competing with other buyers to uh, get that specific house, one, two, three, Main Street, whatever it would be. So the stigma that you guys uh, are talking about really came about when the competition for one home just skyrocketed. So, and Demand skyrocketed 61% uh, at the outbreak of COVID. Uh, And most of that was going to happen anyway, uh, regardless of COVID, because the demand is coming from the younger millennials and the older Gen Zs. So it's the demand was there anyway. It just wrong place, wrong time with uh, putting COVID on top of that as well. So now that, go ahead. I'm sorry. That that magnified the uh, the housing market. Right. So this was just a natural occurrence uh, that was going to be a cycle in the economy. And once again, we have ups and downs of every single facet of our economy. Housing is no different. This is just the opposite side of the coin. So now that there's a lot of demand for one specific house versus 2000 after 2008 to where we couldn't give away houses, um, sellers can be more picky. So what they're looking for. So listing agents are the ones that are really driving this and a savvy um, well-educated listing agent that has a lot of experience knows that 
the FHA, the VA, the USDA buyer themselves aren't necessarily better or worse than a conventional or cash buyer. It, just what they're looking at is they're looking for two things. They're looking for the most money for their client. So that's number one. Sure. And then they're also looking for the most security. So like, for example, if you have, I actually picked up a deal that my client wrote an, uh, an FHA deal. They wrote on um, two weekends ago. And it was a conventional deal that beat us, beat us out $100,000 over what we were asking. Three days later, I get a phone call from the client says, we got the house. I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, well, the conventional buyer couldn't perform. They wrote a bad offer just to get into the house. And then when it came to actually performing, they couldn't. So my FHA client using down payment assistance won the house over every single other offer uh, once they found out that the conventional deal was, for lack of a better term, garbage. garbage so, yeah. yeah. So listing agents are looking for two things. So lo- looking for the most money for their client possible. So that's number one. And then number two, most security. So what does security mean? So security means the highest propensity to try to get it across the finish line, requiring the least amount of effort from me and my client. Okay. Well, say so if you have, you have government assistance to bring in the extra cash that, that may be needed to, for the down payment, whatever. I mean, that sounds pretty secure. That to sounds, me. Yeah, that sounds very secure to me. Right. Right. But once again, there's that stigma. Oh, this buyer needs down payment assistance. They must not be as high a quality as someone who has $30,000 in the bank. Not always the case because rich people are broke and have bad credit too. So right, it's yes. not just, it, it's not always a one for one having a loan type to being a certain type of person. Yeah. If you're a vet and you, I mean, you have, you may have some bunch of money in the bank. Why would you not take advantage that I can get down payment assistance if I, if I right. want or need it? Cause you, I mean, you, you earned it. Why not take advantage of that? And that's not, it should not look down on them or stigmatize their ability to pay when they right. may have very, well, like you, like you guys said, they have a higher percentage chance of like performing and uh, you know, paying off that loan than conventionals. Well, and there's, you know, their word, they, that's, they, they live and die by that. And exactly. that's, that's part of that loan. And why, why would you not allow a vet who has sacrificed so much to be able to protect and defend our country to say, let's, you know, let them not have PMI. Let's have them with the down payment help. Why, why wouldn't you want that? And then it's secured by the government also. It's going to be more. Yeah. So, yeah, they they almost sound better than conventional. They do to me yeah. because I've been hearing more about people with like the higher conventional loans that they do things to get in and then they can't actually make it work. And so they're having to fall back on backup offers that they've blown off. And, you know, they've treated those people kind of like, like crap. I've heard some of them. Well, like I claim that they'll cover the $40,000 appraisal gap and they don't have it. And they don't have it, but it's conventional. So they think it's, it's going to be good. Right. So like you guys said, it's, it's all about perception and, uh, not to say not to take anything away from agents and their experience, but um, it's just one of those things to where if you haven't been shown a different way, your perception is only it, it's it's a one way street. But right. realizing there's more to why that perception uh, per- exists and trying to cor- correct that perception, I think, is the job that you guys are doing right now with this podcast, this episode. 
Let's, let's yes. say there's like 8,000. There's so many new agents come in. There's like over 10,000 agents in Just Central since, Ohio. Yeah. And yeah. the newer agents, all their, their mentors are going to be more experienced agents, like they should be. But if the older agents don't know different, then that, they're, that's being taught to the newer agents. That's right. So here's a question I have for you. Yes. Now, I remember long time ago, we would do inspections for USDA and we would have this huge checklist that mm-hmm. we would have to go through and check off. I remember we actually had an FHA loan for our house and that there were certain things that they had to meet before we could move into the house. Like they had to fix the roof on the porch. Right. Does that stuff still exist for like the VA, the FHA and the USDA or have those loosened up a little? So a lot of that. So when you have uh, from a lender's perspective, and I'm going to be the mouthpiece for Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA, USDA. All right. So when you are looking to give someone money for a home, there's two sides of the transaction. So one, there's the client and that one's easy. What's their credit like? What's their income? Can they pay the mortgage back? Uh, do they file bankruptcy? There's that side. So making sure that the buyer can perform. And that happens on every single loan type, doesn't matter what it is. And then the second side is what is the collateral or what does the house look like? So like you guys, the people that are listening, if uh, I came to you and asked you to give me money, $100,000, for example, to buy a house that was barely standing, that's not a good investment for you because there's something that could happen that could cause that house to tip over or blow away or whatever the case is. Yeah. So on every single file, there's two sides of the transaction we look like. There's the credit side and then the house side. So to answer your question, um, the guidelines for USDA, uh, FHA, and VA, they're there to help protect the buyer from health and safety issues. So like uh, you, you mentioned roof. So how that would typically get triggered is when an inspector, when an appraiser would go through a house, they would see a stain on the roof or on the ceiling. So then they would request a report from someone like you guys to go through and start uh, peeking under the skirt to find out where, where that leak is coming from. Is it coming from the roof? Is it coming from the, the bathroom upstairs? And that needs to be fixed. And now that's not necessarily the reason, the stain is not the reason, but it's the underlying issues of like mold or health and safety issues that could be caused by an active leak. The stain itself is just a trigger. It's not necessarily the issue. Okay. So as you guys are going through and looking at homes and doing inspections, same for the appraiser as well, as they're looking for these health and safety things. So something like a microwave not working, if there's a short in the wire, that's a health and safety thing. But if it's just old and it doesn't work anymore, that's not a health and safety thing. So a microwave is a convenience item and it's not necessarily going to be akin to triggering it to be replaced. Okay. Um, same thing with like air conditioning. Okay. So... Uh, here in the Midwest, it gets really cold. And in the desert, like Arizona, it doesn't get cold at all. So would you say that having um, having a furnace that heats your house in Arizona is more or less important than having a furnace here in the Midwest? I say it's lot Way less. less. <laughs> right. And it kind of vice versa. So the health and safety for someone in Arizona having an air conditioning unit versus someone here in the Midwest having an air conditioning unit. It just flips, right? Right. Yeah. 
So is this kind of relative to the health and safety of the individuals in the house and the health and the safety of that the structure itself? So that's what really causes the the stigma to come about of all the things that FHA, USDA, and VA are going to require as far as the property standards, but it's all revolving around health and safety. So it doesn't matter if the there's wallpaper coming off the wall or they're work, walking on concrete versus carpet. That stuff doesn't matter. That's all vanity and it's not a health and safety issue. But if you have a cracked driveway that has a tripping hazard or you have a deck with no handrails, that's a health and safety issue. Okay. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, we, we've done inspections and, and a house had a had like a roof that was less than five years old easily. It was more like mm-hmm. two to three years old. We had a, an insurance company. The, the new the new homeowner called us because his insurance company told him that he needed to put a whole new roof on or, mm-hmm. or they were going to drop his coverage. But the roof was only two to three years old. Uh, and no issues with it. It was just kind of weird. It was when the insurance company was trying to mitigate their, trying to lower their chances of having a claim on anything. But they, I think that guy just just switched insurance agencies. I know, would to have, take yeah. care of them that way. So, so, so it's way for the FHA, the government, to say, "Hey, we'll make sure this is going to be a safe place, so you can continue to live here, not to be help sick, her, not be sick, so you can continue to pay this this loan off." So I mean, that makes perfect sense to me. So what's the difference between that and like the conventional with the Freddie Mae and the Freddie Mac then? Don't they ask for the same things? Uh, actually, yes and no. So it's, it's a common misconception that, okay, so conventional, if, I, if I'm a listing agent and I have an FHA uh, offer and a conventional offer that, okay, um, the conventional is probably going to be less work for my seller and less risk of me doing something. So there is some truth to that. But if you're working with a, a brand new build, any of these loan types from Fannie, Freddie, FHA, all the way down to USDA, it won't matter. So, I mean, unless it's shoddy work by the builder, because right. everything in the house should be new, should be up to code. However, if you're working with a hundred year old house, then you have to start looking for those health and safety issues. Once again, cosmetic stuff need not apply. But I've also, to your point, I've also seen conventional loans get flagged for repairs, remedies, those kind of things by the appraiser. And the agent got upset because they thought they took our offer and thought they were just going to get off scot-free and not have to have their seller uh, repair or replace anything. That's not the case. So I've seen broken windows for conventional loans um, have to get replaced. I mean, once again, that's a very common sense thing. Um, I've seen structural foundational issues, uh, for conventional get flagged. I've seen roof leaks, those kind of things. So just because it has a conventional tag on your offer, doesn't mean that you're getting off scot-free it, really the only scot-free is cash and that's yep. it. So if you are wanting to avoid any appraisal issues whatsoever, just get cash. So what I'm hearing is that if you have a house that you're getting ready to put on the market, mm-hmm. it might be better to have your seller look at some of this stuff because whether it's conventional or USDA or VA or any of that, it could get flagged if it's a safety issue. Yeah, and take care of it before you're in contract. Right. So a seasoned agent will know kind of some of the the bigger things to look for, but I'm hearing more and more of doing pre-inspections. And one, you're serving your client as a listing agent. You're serving your seller at a higher level 
And two, you're getting ahead of any issues that could torpedo a deal down the road. Right. So doing a pre-inspection, I think, is is valuable. Once again, it's an additional expense, but wouldn't you rather know and get ahead of an issue versus being surprised um, that the broken window in the stairwell needs to be replaced on, on a conventional loan? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, we've we've done those. Like, there used to be a thing where if you did a pre-inspection on a house, it sold two weeks faster. Yeah, by the right. stats, but pre-inspection, you know. pre-listing inspection, the house sold two weeks earlier. Plus, and we're, there's never a perfect place. No. So we're so we're gonna find some stuff. But the seller, if say GFCI doesn't work, very common. The seller could replace it himself, cost them twenty dollars, and and maybe thirty minutes of, of effort. If because the pre-list inspection done and he realizes this, if it's done for the buyer and that thing's not working, now the buyer's gonna go, hey, I, want I, I want an electrician to fix it. That's what they're gonna, gonna be because it's gonna cost you a lot more than $20 to fix it. So they actually save money if they fix the things themselves or, or, or they can find somebody cheaper. cheaper well, yeah, because when a, a home inspection company comes in to do the inspection for the client that's buying the house, we don't care who fixed the GFCI. Does it work? Yes or no? That's all that matters. I, I, can, I can see how going to a house that's con- wired. I've seen this wires dangling, bare ends. They're live. No loan officer or appraiser should go. Oh yeah, this is totally safe and fine for my clients to move into. <laughs> mm-hmm. No. So so what is the difference then be- between those and a conventional? So, okay. So I'll give you a couple more examples. Um, so you, you said the GF, uh, GFI, uh, we talked about a stain on a ceiling. So peeling paint. So this one, so let me back up. That one I'm familiar with a lot. Yeah. I'm sure you guys see it a lot. So the Midwest actually, um, has, I mean, you would think that would be new England, but the Midwest actually has the oldest inventory of any section of the country. So our homes on average are older than anywhere else in the country. So we're going to see things like peeling paint. Um, We're going to see things like uh, foundations starting to get shaky. We're going to see things that maybe other states wouldn't have to contend with. But once again, um, our inventory is old. Um, So that being said, so the reason for something like peeling paint, so not that big of a deal, you would think. But um, our predecessors used lead a lot in their paint. So if you guys have seen the, uh, the movie Tommy Boy, he says, did you eat paint chips when you were a kid? And he kind of giggles and he says, uh, well, maybe. Why? I love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> so lead paint, um, anytime that there's peeling paint, it's just a hard stop. Just get it fixed, scraped, painted, and cleaned up afterwards. So it doesn't matter if it's, it passes a lead paint. I, I don't even know if I've ever heard of a lead paint test or not. You guys probably have. But anytime that there's peeling paint, it's just carte blanche, just fix it and move on. So that is something that is pretty uh, consistent with uh, FHA loans in our area because it's just the age of the inventory. It has nothing to do with the home buyer, has everything to do with the house. Right. Yep. Yeah, because like they stopped lead-based paint. Well, they're supposed to stop using it or make it producing it in 79. Right. But I... I know there's painters that had buckets of that stuff and they weren't going to throw it away. They're going to finish up the inventory. Oh, of course they were. But I thought they did it as Asbestos. Asbestos. They had to stop exactly. mining it, but they, they had a big storehouse of this stuff. They just finished it finished up. They, they, were told, they were told you can use up what you have. Just don't make any more. Don't mine any more right. of that stuff. So really, there's not, not a big difference. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm wanting agents to know that, hey, this, these loans are just as good. 
in some cases even better right than, than conventional like i guess it really goes to well the, the example you gave where they had a conventional offer but they couldn't perform it on it it really kind of depends upon the character of the person in some way is are they going to complete the deal go across the, the finish line right right so in that case it's more about the house than it is um than it is about the buyer so yeah i mean uh, taking the stigma off of usda fha and va i mean it's it's mission critical because those people are being crushed by yes. things that they cannot control and um so for as far as listing agents looking at the the house that you have to sell it is your responsibility to make sure that you understand that inside and out so Right now, everyone is chasing sellers. Agents are chasing sellers because it's almost a guaranteed paycheck. Buyers, not so much. Um, So just getting a house, slapping a sold sign in the front yard and just moving on with your life uh, is great. It makes it easy for the agent. But once again, not doing that work ahead of time, you are going to see more friction with getting your offer across the finish line. So like a pre-inspection would be great. Studying up what the different loan types require as far as... um, conditions and they can always reach out to me if they have questions um so just basically doing the heavy lifting before it's go time before you're in contract it's just going to save you so much work i mean for for you guys for me for anyone that's listening that if you've ever built anything you're going to spend half of your time planning and then half of your time building versus just going to home depot just buying all the lumber and just winging it having measurements having a schematic of the fireplace that you want to build or the table i mean just slapping something together is not going to usually end up being the quality that you want so uh, for agents for loan officers that are listening do the work do a pre-inspection for loan officers uh, make sure that you're reviewing the house before you write a pre-approval letter on it and that's going to save uh, you the buyer's agent the client and the listing agent a lot of headache because you might be able to steer your your buyer away from a house that's a stinker. And if they have to go USDA um, or VA or FHA, and you know those guidelines, you might be able to save your client the heartache of finally getting in contract after six months and then saying, ah, man, um, this house is not going to be easy to get across the finish line. So if you could just cut it off at the knees and have them move on to a house that's going to be a better fit, that would be good. But more of the story is just do your work up front. Yep, pre, pre preemptive. Uh, I, I guess work just just get things to take care of beforehand. And just because an offer is amazing does not mean that it will come across the finish line and be able to close. It, yeah. it might be amazing for a reason because they're, you know, we we've been, we've been doing inspections where they're they were not the first offer accepted, but the first mm-hmm. offer that was accepted was conventional, and they they could not perform they could not do the appraisal gap or we've been seeing that a lot more the past yeah, few months yeah so the I, cool thing is is this market i mean you guys have been around for long enough to know that everything changes yes so the last 10 years real estate was easy you didn't really have to work that hard to make a good living Correct. in 2008 it wasn't so easy now we're getting to the point now where it's not easy again but the one thing that's consistent is the market is always changing so where we are right now is temporary so for the agents who want to survive to make a paycheck uh, loan officers as well just focus on trying to learn and up your skill set so when it does come time to get easier you can just be making fat stacks of cash uh, without as much effort but i mean just 
this market will change. The offers that you're turning down now, if you are a pious agent and has your nose up in the air, um, those offers are going to become in vogue again. So FHA, VA, USDA, this is just a blip on the radar and then it'll be over. So if you have any home buyers um, that are getting um, turned away because of their loan type, once again, just stay patient and it'll change back to normal. It'll get easy again for everybody. Yep. Everything, everything. There's a cycle. Well, I'm still thinking avocado green and harvest gold will come back in the Vogue someday. Keep God, pushing, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Bell bottom starting coming back, right? Oh, he you does have a here. point, Ryan. I do have a point. <laughs> yes. Listen to Jimmy. I've been around long enough. So, Ryan, how, how do people get hold of you? Yeah. So, right now, we're trying to uh, grow our footprint on Instagram. So, if they wanted to follow us at Miracle, M I R A C L E dot loan, L O A N. Um, so we're really trying to help and serve, uh, the community by posting real estate tips and, uh, home buyer tips, um, to help you guys kind of get over the hump of getting the house that you want. So that's really the, probably the best place to connect with us because we can keep serving at a high level there. Okay. And then is there a phone number that, that's good or just, just go keep it. Yeah. Instagram? I mean, they can, they can always DM me once they're on Instagram, but uh, if they wanted to connect with me directly, it's a uh, six, one, four. Seven six seven five two seven three. All right, sounds good. I'll, I'll make sure those uh, in the show notes. I'll, I'll put the the phone number and a link to your Instagram in there as well. Amazing. Find you. So anyway, thank you very much. Been nice, nice talking to you. Nice catching up. Yeah, we, we yeah, should no uh, go have go have lunch one of these days. Yeah, I'd love to. Love to, guys. Keep serving, you guys. You guys are doing a great job. It's been fun to watch you guys from the sidelines uh, continue to help people around you. Oh, thank, thank you. We appreciate it. I know last year we. We had over 700 students in our classes, so, wow. so we, yeah. we, we did a lot. And definitely, that's going to keep growing. I know. Yeah. That. So yeah, anyway, well, you guys do a good job. All right. Well, thank you very thank much. You. We appreciate you take it. Take care. Have a have a great weekend. You too. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Standing Out in Ohio podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Google Podcasts to get new, fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or visit the website of the best Ohio home inspection company at homeinspectionsinohio.com or jimtroth.com. That's J-I-M-T-R-O-T-H, and click on podcast. Until next time, learn and go do stuff. Mm-hmm.